Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year, April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex-phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis. And we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological, planetary, and evolutionary cycles we are a part of. This is really going to be an amazing virtual festival. I do hope that you will join us. We have tickets for sale now. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. All right, let's get to our guest today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. How are my listeners doing today? I am rocking and rolling interviewing the Sacred Sexual Music Festival presenters this week. It is April 16th, 17th, and 18th. Tickets are on sale for $99 at sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. Um, your podcast app is probably blowing up with notifications that Path 11 Podcast has a new episode. We are going pretty much every single day this week with releasing episodes with these presenters. I'm trying to introduce the world to them to get you guys to listen to as many of the presenters so you can make the decision to purchase your ticket to the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. So um, this guest today, I actually had a chance to meet her on our Facebook Live. On Fridays, we were doing Facebook Live with the founder, Wendy Covina DeMoss, and uh, we brought Sonia on. Sonia Breach is her name, but I'm going to refer to her as Sonia B because I just love that. And uh, I got a chance to hear a little bit of her story but I asked her if she can share a little bit more um, with you guys about how she ended up getting into uh, this this topic to be able to teach and work with people. Her uh, presentation at the Sacred Sexual Music Festival is on my birthday, April 17th, April 17th Saturday. And uh, the topic is playing with power dynamics. So Sonia studied in sexuality in cinema at here's a mouthful, Concordia University Mel Hoppenheim School of Cinema in Montreal. Uh, she's now in Vancouver, which is usually where this festival is held, and it's held in person, but because of the pandemic, uh, we were lucky enough to get the gig and bring it to the world virtually. So this is a virtual uh, festival. 
And she has become a consultant for Pure Romance, providing relationship enhancement and intimate products. She also offers workshops and seminars to men, women, and couples on expanding sexual horizons by exploring topics such as aphrodisiacs, sensual aromatherapy, tantra, and BDSM. So Sonia B., how you doing, girl? I'm good, April. How are you? Doing good. I just loved meeting you uh, last week, I think it was, and was really excited that I could bring you back on uh, in here on the Path Love and Podcast. So my listeners, if they missed that Facebook Live, they can be introduced to you and your wonderful energy. So um, yeah, so let's start from the beginning because you had like this great kind of funny story that made me blush a little bit um, <laughs> of a time when you were a little bit younger and was brought to a club and some some interesting stuff was going on that you were mesmerized with. So uh, <laughs> let's talk about where all this began. Yeah, I w had the um, opportunity to go to university in Montreal uh, and ended up staying in Montreal, which is a fabulous city for anyone who has not visited. I mean, obviously, once this pandem pandemic is over, I, I recommend hopping over to Montreal. Um, so yeah, I was a pretty young, you know, uh, university student. And one of my friends uh, was sort of exploring her sexual orientation. So I said, hey, let's go down to the gay village and, you know, see see what's going on. And so we would go uh, and uh, the best parties were, were on that strip anyhow. And uh, one day, I think it was even like just a Thursday, we went into one of the clubs and uh, there was someone up on stage getting spanked and I just kind of lit up and was like, wow, what is happening here? I want to know more. Uh, and it was very exciting. And that sort of began the journey into my own sex sexual exploration and, uh, and, and liberation, actually. Uh, so I sort of feel kind of grateful that I was so young uh, at the time that I began exploring some of this stuff that I now love to share and teach other people. Um, so that's sort of how it kind of began was just from that one night, you know, of us going out and trying to paint the town red and, <laughs> and seeing what there was to offer. And yeah, it's led me down uh, what I, I, I like to consider it my life's purpose, really. Um, and it's brought so much into my life, uh, not necessarily just with a, a career now, but um, just helping people uh, expand their horizons and um, enhance their intimacy with themselves and with their partners. Yeah. So how does one actually turn this into a career? How have you turned it into a career? It just sort of began, to be honest, um, because I guess I'm so passionate about it. Uh, I would speak to other people, to friends, um, and uh, people started listening to me. <laughs> and and they felt that, I guess, what I had to say was valid. And at the same time, I was uh, gaining something out of it myself by helping other people. Um, I think it kind of really clicked for me when I uh, was speaking to uh, friends of mine who are married. They've been in a relationship for, you know, 20 years. And um, they, they were talking to me just as friends about some of their relationship issues uh, in the bedroom specifically. And you know, I kind of was offering them a little bit of advice um, on 
incorporating some other techniques that we don't usually think about, you know, stuff like Tantra, for example, which is so much about spiritual connection, uh, which I can only imagine if you've been together for 20 years and have had four kids, you know, that spiritual connection is really probably what bonds you the most uh, in some ways. And and exploring that in the, in the bedroom is, is amazing. And then also too, stuff like power dynamics and BDSM can be a great technique to explore uh, when looking to enhance something that's maybe gotten a bit boring. Uh, so it sort of just clicked for me. And that was a number of years ago uh, where I was having this conversation with them and uh, they took my advice and were like, you know, we, we, we kind of, we did what you said and it really worked. And, you know, you should really tell other people about some of this stuff. And it kind of just led me down the path of, of helping uh, people, you know, get really in touch with their bodies and their sensuality and their sexuality and all that wonderful, great stuff. Um, and then I think too, being a consultant uh, with Pure Romance where um, I do the parties or called parties with women, um, I really learned that a lot of women and now I've learned that men alike, you know, really do suffer from uh, how would you put it? Like just not really being connected to their bodies and their sexuality. And then furthermore, uh, you know, body positivity or lack thereof comes into play as well. You know, a lot of women uh, of all ages really are not always comfortable in their bodies. Uh, and I think it's hard with, you know, media and all of that, uh, even now more than ever. Uh, it, it's hard sometimes to feel uh, connected and comfortable with our bodies. Um, so that's sort of how it, I guess it all began was just a passion to talk about it. And then uh, the, the aspect of really seeing a difference and helping people uh, and how much it, uh, that's brought in there. Having the conversation has brought to their lives uh, and has really in some ways, I mean, I'm not saying I've saved marriages, but having that conversation and being open-minded can save marriages and can just even save your, your own relationship with yourself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think too, what I love so much about this festival is that there may be people who are very comfortable within their body, but just didn't even know, even know that some of this world existed. Mm -hmm. And I think that you may find that, you know, people who attend have a curiosity and are very open, but they just need mentors and teachers to say, well, have you thought about this? Or what about this? Or did you know that this existed? Um, you know, as a way to kind of just like open up the world. It's like, when I think about my world a little bit, and then I've, you know, delved into this festival, like my world is all about like, you know, connecting with the energy and healing work and the crystals and this and that. And, you know, it's what this is gifting me is like that we also have to bring the sexuality and the power and the sensuality into some of the healing work where we're just like spending a ton of time in the higher chakras, you know, like mm -hmm. wanting to use the third eye and that psychic intuition. So um, it's just been beautiful to see the two worlds kind of merge. And a lot of like what I said on our Facebook Live is that there's so much empowerment with what you guys and all the presenters are bringing to this and allowing people to step into their sacredness and their power when it comes to their sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it's again, having that conversation. And, uh, you know, Wendy's provided this beautiful, amazing um, 
place and platform to do so and brought in all of these presenters from everywhere that are bringing something different to the table. I think I had also mentioned that um, I had the pleasure of being an attendee and even doing this work in my own life and, you know, making a bit of a career out of it and holding my own workshops. Wow, did I like gain so much from learning from other presenters. Uh, so that would that's always been one of my biggest and most valuable takeaways from being involved with this festival is what you know what I'm taking in from other uh, presenters and workshops as well. Um, and just bridging it, it. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of like makes so much sense to be bridging the spiritual with, you know, the connection to our bodies. Uh, and, and um, you know, even when you mentioned chakras, like, you know, our, our first and second chakra are all about, you know, being in touch with your body and grounding uh, and, and of course, sensuality comes in there as well. So they really do go hand in hand. Um, and even with something like power dynamics, there is kind of a spiritual element to it. Um, you know, uh, when, uh, I mean, we can get into it later, but uh, when you get into a certain um, space, uh, it really... I mean, people have actually um, described it as a little bit of like when you get into really deep meditation uh, and that kind of um, enlightenment or that like higher consciousness that you receive um, when you get into like a, a really good, you know, juicy, deep meditation. Um, sometimes when you're when you're in certain power dynamic type of situations, you can actually attain that kind of experience as well. So. Yeah, so let's go there and bring me back to what power dynamics is for us that are like layman terms, or we've never heard of it. Like, I can make assumptions of what I think it is and what it sounds like, but I don't want to do that. So <laughs> I don't know what power dynamics uh, is. So explain that to us. Well, they exist. Um, they're everywhere, first of all, like, you know, they exist in in our world, uh, in our social and economic and political interactions at the workplace, in the home, um, across different genders and races and classes, uh, even within different ages. Um, and though, you know, uh, socially and politically, power can often be used to oppress or exclude different people. Um, they're not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and really power dynamics is about how power is negotiated in social exchanges and social interactions. So especially when we look at it, uh, it as power more defined uh, within a degree of control. Um, so often I think in our regular life, we've seen a lot of negative examples of power dynamics. And that's why I just, you know, I, I love talking about it in the bedroom um, because it's kind of, it, it's putting, it's taking those power dynamics uh, and and making them not such a bad thing and kind of using them to your advantage in some ways. Um, so when we look at it in the bedroom, 
we can see that often this whole idea of power dynamics actually just tends to exist nevertheless. Um, you know, we we all tend to play a certain role in the power structure of, so, of sexual and social interactions. And using power dynamics in the bedroom uh, really just allows one partner to kind of have more control over the situation than the other partner. Uh, and to some people that might sound like, oh, well, why would I want to not be in control? Or why would I want to not give up control? But, you know, a lot of people just naturally are not ones that tend to play that um, do more dominant role uh, and, the, and don't like to be in control at all. And even in, you know, like vanilla relationships, uh, there's usually some type of power play just when you break it down even you know uh where some people and partners uh have a tendency to initiate sex more than the other partner uh or kind of lead the show in the bedroom more than the other partner uh one partner might suggest different things uh different positions or trying out different uh techniques or toys you know what have you so uh it can be most of us probably experience with our partners some sort of that dynamic anyhow. Um, and then I guess what I really enjoy is like actually playing around with that power and uh, you know, sharing that with other people. Like how, how do you, how, how do we go about playing with that power in a safe, obviously con very consensual way? Um, and again, it can be very liberating for people. Okay. So can you even give me more of an example? Like, is this role playing? Or is it just like somebody saying, okay, honey, how about we do this and they're initiating and let's try this position today? I mean, is it as basic as that? Or are you actually talking about like more role playing that's happening and fantasy in the bedroom? It's both really. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it can be as um, grassroots and basic as, yeah, one partner, you know, kind of like I said leading the show versus another one going having the more going with the flow type of role um to something where you know there's uh tying and constraints involved and you know a level of control that um might might involve uh discipline um and really kind you know, and even obedience like um you know you look at like discipline there's a lot of like obedience uh type of play which is really based on one partner having control calling the shots uh over the other partner and the other partner the submissive one um is there to uh be trained and to follow obedience mm -hmm. so it, it really is anything across the board and i encourage people if they do find themselves just on on the basic level that you know maybe you're more submissive uh and and you're comfortable with it which is totally cool but sometimes it's kind of fun to switch that up you know and uh so i encourage people that are might be listening that find themselves sort of oh yeah, you know, I, I am more of the dominant person in the bedroom or, oh yeah, you know, I, that submissive 
role is kind of who I am. And of course, of course, there's always people that are, you know, both and sort of it's, it's not a, it's not a fixed or steadfast characteristic to have people can most definitely flow from one to another at different times with different partners and different situations. Totally. Um, but if you do find yourself kind of sticking to one over the other, it's really fun to play with it and, you know, uh, challenge yourself to be the one that maybe calls the shots, you know, uh, more than, than usual. Or, you know, if you find yourself being submissive, maybe, yeah, purchasing a bedroom toy uh, and, and bringing that into the equation and vice versa. If you find yourself being the more dominant partner in the bedroom, switching that up and letting the other person take control and maybe the other person can, you know, uh, uh, flog you or, t you know, blindfold you instead, and they can kind of take the reins. So there's a lot of, um, it doesn't have to be, uh, so intense, uh, or, or, you know, you uh, require all this planning, um, uh, certainly if you're looking at any, anything like tying or constraints, uh, for sure that requires a little bit more conversation and you know you want to be um, you want to be uh, more prepared with how you're going to set that scene up but um, playing with power dynamics can like I said just be as simple as getting a new toy or blindfolding your partner you know and having fun like that so yeah I guess um, my next question would be how do you find uh, playing with the power dynamics or even the BDSM how do you find it helpful in some situations where people can heal trauma and when can it be harmful if people have a trauma background? Um, and, and the reason why I ask this question is, you know, being a mental health therapist and have, uh, you know, a couple of cases where people have come in and they, like one case, a partner had um, some fetishes that the woman wasn't totally comfortable with. And part of it had to do with her comfort of her own body and kind of playing these roles, but she would still say yes even though they were married, but you could tell that she was really uncomfortable with it. And she had a sexual abuse history in the past that was trying to be addressed. Um, and then, you know, I'm thinking of another case where I had uh, where it was the male uh, husband was in very much of a power dynamic in his real world and real job. And when he came home, he wanted to play the submissive part where like, literally wanted to be punished. There was a punishment room, like, um, you know, she, he would want her to have him stay there for a certain period of time. And he just really wanted to be very submissive and her kind of take this lead, probably because he was exhausted making decisions in his mm -hmm. life and, you know, whatever. But she was kind of like, well, I'm doing this because I love him. But like, I have nobody to talk to about this. And this just feels really strange. And he wants me to do all these things. And like, I'm playing it out, but I'm not really comfortable with it. So I'm, I'm thinking of two where there was like really mixed consent, they were married, but this started to come into their marriage, the women were feeling kind of shocked. And then they weren't really feeling comfortable consenting. Um, one had a trauma history and one didn't. So I guess I'd like you to maybe talk about if people do have a trauma history and they want to explore with this, what are the, what should they look out for? Should they really be in therapy beforehand or what are some of the triggers that can happen? And when can it also be very empowering where people can play this out and heal themselves in some ways? So what are your thoughts on those right. two issues? Yes. And that's a very important uh, point that you bring up. Um, I think the, just, just to touch upon the consensual thing, um, 
I think that, yeah, when you're in a relationship sometimes and, you know, there's a marriage or what, what have you involved, um, people do feel that this is something maybe they owe their partner or, you know, their partner wants this. So I'm not really comfortable with it, but I should just do it anyway because, you know, I want to be a good wife or I want to be a good husband. But, you know, when you're when you're talking about stuff like this and especially if, um, you know, there's uh, there is abuse. It, as a background uh, that someone has experienced, you know, uh, we we need to look at like why are we not? Why is it that I am doing something that I'm not completely comfortable with? And opening up that conversation with your partner instead of feeling like you just have to go along with it for their sake. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that that's very important to be upfront and straight with your partner. Even though you want to help them and even though you want to please them, if it's not something that you are comfortable with, and that doesn't just go with, you know, power play and power dynamics, it's really with anything sexual. If you're not comfortable with it, um, it's your body at the end of the day and it's your experience. And if you're not comfortable with it, regardless of whether this is a new partner or someone you've been married to for 20 years, I think that that's really important to explore that, communicate that, um, and get to a place where, you know, you either are, uh, able to help them carry out their fantasy or their experience, or you're not, you're just not, and that's okay. And they're, you know, that's completely fine. Uh, no one can, should be pressuring anybody to do something that they don't want. Um, so that I would say first and foremost, uh, and, and with, um, with playing with power dynamics, I have seen with some of my clients that, uh, that have come from a background of, of abuse or trauma. What, what helps with some of carrying out some of this is that you are putting yourself back into the situation, but in a safe, controlled manner. So for some people that have had an experience with trauma or abuse, to be able to revisit that and uh, to to look at that scenario that you've experienced, uh, but in, as I said, in a safe place uh, where you are in control. And I will even say that uh, the submissive is often the one uh, that is in most control uh, of the situation. Um, You know, it can really help to heal uh, because you are bringing awareness to that. And by no means am I a therapist, but I, I do know that, you know, along with that can come journaling of how, you know, you have felt in that situation, uh, and, and what are some of the emotions that were involved. And it can really be very liberating to go back to that place and revisit it. Um, when you're, uh, displaced and out of that uh, traumatic s- situation that you were put in. Um, so in that way, it can be very healing. Uh, but of course, again, if you're not comfortable with it and you know, you're know you not in a place where it's consensual, then you can slip back into the, you know, those, that experience of where you experience the trauma and it almost is kind of, can be like a flashback, you know, uh, and it can definitely harm the trauma even more so. Uh, so I would suggest that if somebody does come from a trauma 
um, uh, background to perhaps, yeah, talk to a therapist before you delve into um, power play. Uh, and especially if, you know, you're already unsure of where, how you feel about it. Uh, I think it's, it's important to kind of maybe um, get through some of that uh, uh, therapy before you delve into something like this. Um, right. Yeah. And clearly they need to have a partner that they really feel safe with and trust to make sure that they're not kind of reinforcing old traumatic patterns of any abuse that could have happened with another partner, you know? Right. And, yeah. and, and there's the, and you, you also brought up a really interesting um, scenario with like, you know, uh, people that are in control so much in their life, whether it's their jobs or their family, you know, it really can alleviate a lot of stress, actually, when you uh, are when you're in a, a situation in your sex life where you can just, you know, let all of that um, control and authoritativeness let be let go to someone else. Uh, it's almost something that is very healthy and required by some people in those positions. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I remember feeling so bad for this client because she just felt so alone. Like, you know, none of this was happening in any of her social networks, any of her girlfriends, you know, who does she tell? I mean, she basically whispered it to me in therapy, like, you know, like afraid to even give it voice, you know, and, and talk about it. So, um, so I know she's probably not the only one out there and is like, whoa, what is this? Or, you know, if somebody's dating somebody new and then their partner brings this in, you know, our first inclination might be to judge it or is this person like freaky or whatever, you know, if it's not part of your nature, I would say to stay curious and investigate it and have a lot of conversation and talking about it and consent is really important. And like you said, if there's something within them that they're not comfortable yet, they shouldn't just go ahead and participate in this to try to please their partner, that they should either work on it, I would say, and get to a point where you feel like you can reach that consent or just say no, if maybe it's just not your thing, you know, but, um, but the consent, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say also too, and by no means am I, you know, saying that this is like the be all or end all way to do it, but you know, there are other communities out there um, where, uh, you know, if you can get to a place, whether if you're in a, a relationship or even within yourself where you're okay with branching out um, uh, and, and exploring that, I mean, there are communities of, you know, um, people that are exploring BDSM or non-monogamy uh, and what that has brought to a lot of people is that if your partner, if it's something that you've always wanted to explore and, and even feel again that it can help liberate you in some ways, but your partner's not on board, instead of putting them in a pressure, pressure situation, perhaps it's just expanding your relationship out a little bit, you know, uh, and, and that requires a, a lot of trust for sure. And, um, a foundation that's strong and solid, but, you know, I've seen with, with couples, uh, specifically that that has really helped them, um, a lot with their, with their marriage, uh, where one partner is maybe looking into kink and fetishes and the other partner just isn't down with that. They're more, they're just, like, you know, their basic regular Saturday night sex, and that's totally cool too. Um, but there is a community and resources out there for people to branch out and uh, explore 
other ways uh, outside of just their bedroom. And likewise, for people that, you know, maybe are single or don't have a partner, um, again, if you're looking at exploring, uh, you know, just like me being a young, a young university student and, you know, stumbling upon this uh, spanking scene, uh, it got me to want to explore that community even more. Um, and so there are, there are places and communities out there that uh, fully embrace this and consent and safety is, you know, on the forefront as well. And there's people there that you can talk to. Um, obviously, there's people like myself who kind of, you know, um, do this for a career, but there's also people that are just can, you can share experiences with, you know, other, other couples or other individuals, and you hear their stories about how they've done it, or how they've kind of navigated throughout their exploration, and you can gain, you know, take what you need from, the, from their experiences as well. Yeah, I'd also um, I want to get your take a little bit since you studied in in school, uh, sexuality and cinema. What are your thoughts about the way that sexuality and sex is displayed in movies that we're watching? And I don't know if it's just cinema with movies like rated R, or if you're also uh, have an opinion expanded out about uh, porn. Uh, yeah, well, both really. Um... I think I had mentioned about the porn specifically uh, when we spoke last week, um, that porn is often kind of, especially for younger men, that just is the, is the demographic, you know, that is what they see as what sex should look like. And I've had the opportunity fairly recently to kind of have these conversations with uh, guys that are in their 20s. The universe has just brought that clientele to me, um, coincidentally. And it's been very enriching for me to really get their perspective on what their experience is with uh, sex and uh, the kind of the preconceived notions that they um, have developed from watching pornography at a young age uh, and how they've sort of brought that into the bedroom and then they come to realize that that's not really how it works and uh and they've kind of struggled with that a little bit so i've had like i said had the opportunity to work with them to kind of break through some of that misconception and uh to get to a place where they've become more comfortable with how to lead their own bodies and their own sexual experiences um so, and then in, in cinema itself, I mean, again, we have examples of it uh, across the board. Um, and the, what I studied is sort of the various nuances of how sex is put up onto the screen. So it's not necessarily films that are rated R or films that are, you know, erotic, um, but even just other, uh, you know, your, your basic films that that we watch and how uh, how do power dynamics play within that? How do characters use their bodies and their sexuality um, in film? And yes, for sure, we are picking that up. And often it's even more uh, subliminal, if you will, than you know movies that are upfront uh, rated R. And you know there there there's a lot of sex scenes. Um, some of the some of the way we interact with cinema and television 
television uh, is very much on a subliminal level with how sex is depicted. And it could be something even as how is a, how is a person dressed or standing? Uh, and, and, you know, we're watching this, we're receiving this um, input into our minds, not even realizing it in many ways. Yeah, uh, the movie that comes to mind, my generation, when uh, you're talking about that, and it's, you know, just a regular movie is Dirty Dancing with Patrick Swayze, you know, and just like the whole sexuality of them dancing and him teaching her, I forget her name uh, off the top of my head, but there's, that's like a very sexy movie without their being anything like out of the ordinary with sex, but just the the movement of their bodies, their connection through the dance and all of that. Well, Patrick Swayze, of course, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. That's a that, that's yeah. a, a great a great movie. And and again, that's uh, I think what's also so wonderful with um, some of the topics that are. I'm, I'm, I like to discuss and topics that are going to be discussed um, at the uh, at the festival as well is, you know, the, the body and uh, generating sensuality uh, without actually even being physical or, you know, in, in that case, in the in in um, Dirty Dancing, they, there's not there aren't any sex scenes, but yet it is so, such a like you know, sexual movie <laughs> and, and, and it's uh, sensual, I would say actually. Um, and so, yeah, how do we, how do we generate sensuality and sexual energy without even being physical? It's, it's entirely possible. And uh, I've had clients where um, women have gone through surgeries, for example, and uh, the actual act of having sex is painful. The actual physical aspect of it is, is painful. And, you know, uh, they've, they've come to me, um, in tears because of course their, their relationship has suffered because they're unable to perform in that way in the bedroom. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, there are tons of ways to have sex with your partner without actually having sex with them. Uh, and, and it's just an incredible world to open up. Um, and then you mentioned before, uh, you know, role playing and whatnot. Uh, that's another great way. Fantasy and role play is another great way to explore generating that sensuality without actually doing it. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, and people do have fetishes. Most of us have fetishes, whether it's how someone is dressed or, you know, a certain role or scenario. Most of us have some sort of a fetish and to just explore that more, uh, as I said, can, can, uh, be sexual, a sexual experience within itself, uh, without even being physical. Yeah. And um, another question that I wanted to ask you uh, before we end today, I wanted to know a little more information about pure romance. So I was thinking like Dominic Lord, I interviewed him and he pulled out like three sex toys and I never asked him like, okay, well, what if people don't even know where to buy them and they don't want to go like on Amazon, you know, dot com or whatever, but is pure romance um, something that offers um, sexual toys or things that people can purchase to spice up their sex life. And if it isn't, can you tell our listeners where or like what some good resources are to maybe bring some of that stuff in if they're interested? Well, I think everybody, and I, of course, I'm a little bit biased, but 
you know, trying to be neutral, I think everyone should purchase sex toys through a consultant. And I say that because it can be a jarring experience, uh, as you said, shopping on Amazon or, you know, walking into a a sex shop um, and seeing this wall of toys and not really knowing what to get. Um, And the thing is, is that sexuality and having sex is such a personal experience. And what works for one person might not work for another person. And our desires are all different. Our erogenous zones are different. And so working with a consultant such as myself, I'm I'm walking you through what uh, each product does. And in turn, uh, what, we do, what we have at the end of um, our parties is a consultation with each person that's attended the party. Um, of course, with the pandemic, we're doing it on, on um, online. Uh, but same sort of idea, we sit and discuss uh, what a person's needs are, um, what the part what if they're if the woman has a partner what are the partner's needs and then the consultant can advise or suggest and recommend toys and bedroom products accordingly um even even things like you know having allergies i mean some people don't even don't don't even know that there's um different products out there uh that are that are made of different materials good quality and bad quality uh and so these are conversations that we have and uh therefore i can suggest and recommend products accordingly and pure romance has really been a huge part of my journey in the sense that this is where I've had a lot of those really deep conversations with women. Um, Like I said, I had one woman in the consultation uh, who was just broke down crying because she, she couldn't um, have the, that, physical sex with her husband. And, you know, Pure Romance has products that help to enhance uh, libido, um, help to uh, make areas more sensitive, and uh, also has toys that um, are not necessarily just meant for insertion, for example. Um, So working with a consultant really helps you to gain the most out of your bedroom experience and your bedroom products. Yeah, well, I mean, when you think about it, we we go to car dealers, right? And we're talking to them one-on-one about purchasing a car and they're the experts and they know. So like, why wouldn't we do that with our sex toys too? And what we want to bring in, you know, to our life in our bedroom. It makes total sense to go through a consultant because like you said that um, maybe shopping on Amazon, you don't know exactly. You're trying to educate yourself. And, uh, and then just the world of these shops, like I could think of the one that we have in town. Mm-hmm. I, it just blows my mind. It's like the blinds are drawn. Okay. You can't see in, you don't know what's going on. They have a sign outside that says models wanted. I'm like models wanted for what for lingerie. And it just looks so seedy and dirty. Like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, do I even want to park my car outside of there? And um, I just don't understand why. Well, I mean, I do understand why. And it goes hand in hand with like the shame around sex and sexuality. It's like, okay, let's, you know, darken the windows and, you know, even like in strip clubs, right? Like, you don't, there's like no windows in there. Like you can't peek in, you can't see in. And it's just so, um, I don't know. It just seems like so restricted and shameful in the way that it's presented. So I think a consultant is definitely the way to go. Um, 
there are some there are some sex stores that have you know someone that's knowledgeable in the items as well but it's true there are those that exist where you just sort of walk in there's someone behind the counter and the browsing is really just up to you and you know the other thing i've i've really uh learned in doing in being a consultant is you know this is these are conversations that are hard to have like if you have low libido or you don't enjoy sex or for men if you have you know um performance issues these are conversations that are hard to have you don't necessarily feel comfortable having them with um your family doctor or with someone that's in a store Uh, and so i really build a relationship with my clients um and and i'm there for them i i touch base with them regularly uh and so it's not just a one time you've walked into a shop you purchased what you have to purchase whipped out the credit card and now you're out i really nurture my relationships with all my clients and uh have a and i'm and i'm on this journey with them i almost feel in some cases yeah and so how do people get a hold of you do you have your own website do they have to go through pure romance or how does that all work I do have a pure romance website and I've also got a Facebook page or group. Um, So that's the best way to reach me. Um, And my website, I believe is just pure, pure romance uh, forward slash Sonia Brach.com. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes. So people know how to spell your name and how to find you. And if you listen to Sonia B here, let her know that you heard this podcast on path 11. <laughs> okay, so she knows who her people are. And uh, that would just be great feedback for you know, us to know that we're getting the word out and people are actually using her services. And so that's wonderful. So I really look forward to your presentation on my birthday. Happy birthday to hey. me. Um, and it's going to be wonderful. So again, Sacred Sexual Music Festival, it's happening April 16th, 17th and 18th. Um, I think it's uh, we have the times, the time zones up. Um, it's really based in Pacific time. So we're in Eastern in New York, but, uh, Wendy has the schedule up on the website. Tickets are for sale right now, $99 that gets you over 27 presenters for three days. We're also giving unlimited replays for three months. So if you can only pop in a couple of hours throughout this weekend, not a big deal. You can replay and rewatch the conference up to three months. So you'll have plenty of time to get through the content. And like I keep saying, it's not just you're sitting and you're being lectured to. I mean, there's yoga classes that are happening in the morning. There's sound healing. There's booty shaking. I think that's the name of one of the presentations. (laughs) There's dancing. um, There's singing. There's musicians that are on there. They're going to be playing the guitars and singing. And then we have our lovely teachers. So it is a mixed bag of just fun. Um, And Wendy really is doing a nice job to really just bring that essence of all different areas into our life to really feel this embodiment of the sacred sexual music festival. So go to the website, get your ticket. Um, The other thing too, if you watch it live, uh, we do have live Q and a, so you get to have your questions answered by our presenters. All the presenters are going to be leaving like five to 10 minutes at the end of their presentation. Um, 
you can purchase the tickets on the website. It gives you access through a portal through Eventbrite. You can watch there. And you also have the option to hop into our private Zoom conference where you can chat away. Everyone's really familiar with Zoom and where you can put your questions there too. But if you watch it through the Eventbrite portal, there will be a chat there and you can put your questions in and we will feed, field them um, to the presenters. So uh, either way you watch, you'll get some questions answered if you watch it live. So I hope you will all join us April 16th, 17th, and 18th, sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. Get your tickets now. Sonia B, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here and uh, wish you a lot of luck and I will, I'll see you in a couple days. Yeah, thank you so much, April. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I really enjoy it. Thank you Great. so much for Path 11 and for Wendy again for putting on this awesome uh, festival. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you, head on over to the sacredsexualmusicfestival.com website to purchase your tickets for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival, or you can visit path11productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, this code is actually going to be for Path 11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on Path 11 TV, and you can start a seven-day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code PODCAST30. PODCAST is all in caps, and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over 100 hours of video, and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care.